This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Tandy Humphrey, Brendan Schaefer, no producer Chris today. He should be back tomorrow. You can call or text us at 875-KTGR. Happy Tuesday. Again, I hope you're outside here in mid-Missouri, taking in the last, I guess, few hours of this nice weather that we have been having. Dang. It's uh, Did I miss it again? I didn't get outside in mid-Missouri today. I mean, oh. okay, no. You were you were outside somewhere else. Let's not, uh, let's, again, you don't Where have to keep... Where was it warmer? Do you we don't know? have to keep bragging about it. Hey, Come you on. got great weather. You just said it's nice. No, it, it has been great, but it's not going to last. It's oh boy, there's a cold front that literally passed through Kansas City just now. So, good it's, luck. It's coming, but uh, enough of that. We will talk <laughs> uh, NFL Combine. It started today, and there's news on the Chiefs front that you might have heard in the National Sports Center just now about Legarius Sneed and what the Chiefs are trying to do with him. Uh, for this offseason. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes. We'll also ask the injury expert, Will Carroll, who is there in Indianapolis for the Combine, uh, his thoughts on uh, the proceedings of the week and also about court storming because that's the hot topic, of course, from the last few days. How to make it safe. We'll get Will Carroll's thoughts on all of that at 425. The, uh, the Cardinals made the signing official today. Brandon Crawford is a St. Louis Cardinal to uh, back up Mason Wynn. We'll get uh, our thoughts from uh, from him, from John Mosaylock, and how do you feel now about the infield depth that the Cardinals have, and really just the entire infield in general as we uh, get closer and closer to the season. We'll talk about that at 5.05, and we'll give you another chance to win some tickets to the Como Man Show around 5.20, so be listening for your chance to get that done. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now, the Big Show's Big Deal. This coming from uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, and you heard it in the National Sports Center. Chiefs are informing Legereus Sneed, their star corner, that they are prepared to use the franchise tag on him, and they're open to also uh, trading him if they can't come to a long-term deal. Sneed, of course was one of the best corners in all of the NFL this past year, having a a great season for the Chiefs, but has run out of years on his contract, and so the Chiefs expected to use the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. It will cost about $19 million, but honestly, there seem to be two options here for the Chiefs. Either trade him, get what you can as far as draft capital, or come to a long-term deal to keep Snead in Kansas City for longer than just this year. So that's the news from the Chiefs on that front as they try to bring one of their star defensive players back, and that is the Big Show's big deal on this 27th day of February, 2024, 875-KTGR. You want to call or text us here on the show, and uh, let's start there. Chiefs 
are deciding that uh, the franchise tag, for now at least, should go to Legereus Sneed. But it seems like something that probably won't be used on him. That They'll either trade him or they'll get a long-term deal. It seems that's the message. So, so you think that they're basically bluffing, saying, "Hey, we're willing to tag you." Well, they're they're tagging him with the uh, that would be the contract that he gets with another team. With another if they, team, if they decide to trade him and they can't come to terms on a deal. Couple questions: Can you only tag one player per off season? Because it can they. My question would be: Can they tag Snead? trade him under those terms and then tag Chris Jones. Like that would be the obvious kind of way around some of this. If they can do that functionally, I just don't know if you trade a guy who was tagged and I don't know all the, the, the timelines of these things. So I'm just asking, I realize a pretty open-ended question if we don't know the answer, but I am kind of curious because I, yeah, I thought our initial impression was maybe work out a contract with Snead tag Jones because he's, the the edge rusher the 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 defensive tackle on his kind of latter stages of his prime potentially whereas maybe Snead would be a good candidate for a multi-year deal with the Chiefs so I was kind of curious if maybe there could be some finagling that they do with with certain workarounds to find a way to to get everything they need this offseason I mean I don't think it would prevent them from tagging Chris Jones but honestly I think the Chiefs are are coming in with the goal of we need to get a long-term deal for at least one of these guys, if not both. Because honestly, getting getting deals with both helps you more cap-wise than tagging even Chris Jones in this scenario. Like I, I would think. So it's I, I there there could be a lot of moving pieces here, but the bottom line is they. They know that they can get value for Legereus Sneed now if they put him on a one-year deal and and trade him, and uh, another team will pay quite a. I think another team would pay a good amount of draft capital for that. But they also know that hey, Legereus Sneed deserves his money, and if we can give it to him, it actually helps us out a little bit better in the long run. We're trying to piece together everybody else on the defense. In some ways, it's what they did with Tyree Kill. It wasn't a franchise tag situation, but it was coming into their final year of basically team control over him. Yes. And Tyree Kill and his agency saying, hey, we could get a deal from somebody. Could could it be that you don't pre- prevent us from doing that somewhere? And they, right. they've worked a deal with the Dolphins. Now, I, you can only tag one player per offseason. Like, there's one franchise tag per team. So I, I don't know that they could use it on Snead. But, like, is there the notion of the, the threat of using it on Snead, working out a deal, whatever happens, you know, kind of like they did with Tyreek, where it was just understood that the Dolphins were going to extend him upon that trade. I don't know the the ins and outs of that. But I don't know. It's kind of surprising to me. Andy, first and foremost, I feel like the Chiefs having Snead on their team next year would be good. Forget all the cap stuff, which I know we can't really do. But, like, I was in the boat of rather see Snead back than Chris Jones, just in terms of roster construction, for myself personally, maybe that's not a view shared by everybody. Maybe that's not a view shared by the Chiefs, you know, but that these are a couple of premier defensive players that they're having to make decisions on this offseason in, in various stages of their processes. So I, that's my first thought is like, man, it's kind of a weird stalemate because like essentially what this allows 
need to do is kind of look around for opportunities, right? For yeah. trade opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that maybe there would be, yes, Kansas City is still a possible destination at the end of this sort of search that, that Snead is going to go through, but it's only one of many possibilities once you kind of open Pandora's box. And that's a little bit surprising to me just because I thought he'd be part of the plans and and there would be the cap space to make that happen. I do know they've got a lot of guys that are that are unrestricted free agents that they're going to have to try and make. You, they they got to build a roster. They can't just worry about a couple of the guys at the top. So maybe that does take up a decent chunk of their money, just kind of keeping uh, the core of, of a lot of position groups together. But that was my first impression. It was like, eh, kind of surprised that there's going to be sort of this, not to say open bidding on Legereus Sneed, but like he's going to have other options that he can pursue that aren't the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to sort of sanction that and say we'll work something out if 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 push comes to shove. Eight seven five KTGR, what do you think about the uh the report that the Chiefs have informed Legarius Sneed they're going to plan to use the franchise tag on him or at least prepared to use the franchise tag if they don't come to a long term deal. And and yeah, it does allow Sneed to test the open market and see what he is worth. And uh we'll see what that what that does as far as the negotiations with other teams there and with the Chiefs. But I think it makes sense to to do this with him and not Chris Jones. I, I think a little bit, right? I think there's a good point to be made there, Andy, yes. because what happens if you do it with Chris Jones again? Because they yeah. went through this song and dance last year, and Chris Jones literally missed the first game of the season as a result. So, like, are you really thinking that there's going to be amicable relations? Like, he saw the writing on the wall a little bit and said, let me redo this deal and let's go win a title here. But maybe with Chris Jones, Andy, it's just kind of like, if we can find the money to extend you and, and pay you market value, which is what you deserve, then a deal happens. Otherwise, Chris Jones is probably getting that from somebody else. And the other thing is the Chiefs have also drafted pretty well at corner, right? They've been able to identify some good talent there. True. Yeah. It's, what, it's, mean, harder, to, it's harder to find it at D-tackle, I think. I think it's harder to get uh, to replace what Chris Jones has given you Okay, maybe well, what that's need has. But, and that's okay, but that's different than what I'm saying. I'm saying I could see Chris Jones walking. Are you saying extension is is the more likely result than than just him going? Well, Chris and, Jones? Yes. What do you think? Because you're saying it's maybe tougher to replicate the the production in the draft or be able to replace Chris Jones for the next handful of years. Does that mean you kind of feel like extend him while trading Sneed versus because I've always I've wanted Sneed. But I'm okay. I understand if they're going to go a different route. That's the reality that we live in, if that's the case. But I'm curious for yeah. what, what you're just driving at right now. Well, Jones, again, it it does seem like the harder thing to replicate for me. And it seems that the Chiefs are indicating that that's their top priority, is giving him or trying to work out an extension with him. Is Some that way, somewhere that you have – who's reported that, I guess, is my question. I, it's Forgive me, but I'm in baseball mode. So no, I, I, no I get it. Said, no, I understand. I, it's, it's, I, are, yeah. are you reading tea leaves or is that reported? That's my question. It I was guess. around somewhere. I'm going to make sure that I okay. go and find it. But, While you uh, do that, I'll yes. read Jeremy Fowler's tweet on the Sneed side just because I, I, I want to make sure that we're clear about what this scenario is, is viewed as by both sides. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says the Chiefs have informed Sneed – they're prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummate a trade off it if no long-term deal is reached. Sneed is agreeable to the scenario, giving him a chance to talk with other teams 
while KC remains in play. So that feels like a situation in flux. Hey, technically, a long-term extension could still be in play with Snead, but kind of leaning toward the idea that, yeah, he'll be tagged, and if a, a trade is then worked off of off of that and it helps their cap to not have him, whatever, then so be it, and they'll probably get something pretty decent in return for the player because, again, like think about what they got for Tyree Kill, some, some decent draft capital, knowing that it was really only one year of control Miami was going to have until they signed him to the extension, which was part of the entire arrangement. And that's why I feel like this scenario is probably pretty similar. But what does that say for Jones unless there's been some reporting out there? That's why I ask because if there has been, I've just missed it. Here's the, here's the report from Charles Goldman uh, with, uh, with A to Z Sports NFL. Said that Brett Veach said... Chris Jones is at the top of the list when it comes to off-season priorities. Okay. Mentioned so they got on the same page a bit after week one, and he seems hopeful that they remain on the same page now. So it seems that that's coming from Brett Veach. And look, the and the other thing is that, okay, it's coming from Brett Veach. I don't know if he said this last year too, but I have a feeling that it was at the top of the off-season priorities last year, and we know how last year went. So I'm not saying that it's more likely – that it happens now. Yeah, I just want to be a little bit careful with that. Not that because I don't know who that guy is, to be frank, like yeah. reporter wise. I don't know if that's like a. Not well, he used to cover. Uh, used to cover stuff of the. Used to okay. be with the Chiefs, uh, Casey Sports Network. Okay, uh, and Chiefs Wire, but now that he's, uh, that was he's not meant out. as a shot because I'm a nobody no, to got, many right, people. You're right. Okay, but I think like when I hear AIDS is sports, I'm like, oh, that could be if I'm not familiar with it. That could be just like the Twitter aggregators who no, right. basically put out rumors, he, and it's like they're I didn't know he the has guy's a blue check, but again, no, that doesn't, uh, right? You can but pay he's for that. also it seems I'm, like even with the blue check, yeah, yeah, he yeah, still yeah. Is, Let's yeah. not make it about this guy because yeah. I don't even remember the yes. reporter's name, and I wasn't right. trying to to do anything like that. I just know how these things can sometimes go where, especially in Cardinals land, somebody will say, well, Mosaic said this, and I'll be like, well, no, he didn't. I was standing next to him, and he said it like this instead, and, like, stuff gets misconstrued. But not difficult to believe that Brett Veach would say, hey, Chris Jones is our top priority. But like you said, the context of when that was said um, is is maybe missing from that particular tweet. Uh, but it certainly seems plausible that it would be the case, and given what we know about the Sneed thing, like if you're the Chiefs, right, you look at it as, hey, we're not tagging Chris Jones because we we know what that looks like and it didn't he didn't he didn't dig it. Like he didn't yeah. like that too much when that was sort of the scenario last year and we had to have the holdout and and then come to a new arrangement with some incentives for him. So there's that and then on the other side of it is like, well, the guy we can leverage a little bit is Sneed, but it can also be hopefully something that works out amicably and, and finds the Chiefs on their way to building the defense that they can continue to thrive with essentially at the end of the day give us your thoughts on uh the chiefs potentially tagging legerius sneed potentially trading him or uh can they work out a long-term deal uh there seems to be those seem to be the two options that the chiefs are weighing at the moment 875ktgr if you want to call or text us with uh any thoughts on that but uh we'll, we'll see what happens throughout uh the combine when it comes to uh the chiefs and again those are the two big ones and I think it they have to be the wide receiver stuff. Yes, it will come up at some point. I want it to most be a priority too, but you yeah, most likely when the league year starts in a few weeks, like once you get to free agency, when you can do we make some do we do trades. happy league year? Do we do that What's happy that? league year? Like do we do like a 
Like a league year's eve? Can there be that? I know the NFL owns the calendar. I'm just asking. It's, uh, it's only every four years. Uh, that's what it is. So, oh, it's, yeah, a league, yeah. it's a league year. It's a league hey, year. This year is a league year. Yeah. A couple days from now, league it'll still be February. League day is only a couple days away. I mean, be... get ready for it. <laughs> it'll still be February, and people in mid-Missouri will know that by the weather by then. Ooh, that was a cheap shot. Man, I'm sorry. come on. I'll be back like next week. I'll be back next week, and then I'll under the bus. I'll have to own this. Yeah, you'll be bad. right in the thick of the wind and the the cold. All five that. seven three, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Five seven three eight seven five fifty eight forty seven. Text in your disdain for me because I have taken it too far with the weather stuff. While I've been down here in Jupiter, Florida, I've taken it too far. You can say anything you want on the text line about me, and I will. I will take it. I will own that. I mean. They're already, uh, they were saying, uh, when you put out the tweet yesterday from the Big Show account, and essentially saying from, you didn't clarify that it was your opinion know, on it. I know, that was a bit, here's like, the reality. It, it, and you, you said, and you yeah. gave the opinion of, oh, it looks like Kyle Filipowski initiated the contact there. <laughs> Let's and talk about this. everyone yeah. who's replied has disagreed with you, but Let I me, mean, there's, I, there's that. <laughs> and you know what I did? Uh, I haven't logged back into the Big Show account I since mean, then. It's the, yeah, I just like I, dropped this nuke and just walked away from it. Yeah, come on. Oh, that's my bad, Even guys. people, yeah, somebody dropped the, uh, the, the Mike Greenberg rant that he had on get up about it which is the right take it's said to anyone who is saying that uh kyle filipowski is at fault shut up because you're not right at all oh i i think um, if you look at filipowski kind of oh throwing elbows gosh. there oh please i think he did man no you're going frame by frame and you're getting you think you're inside kyle filipowski's head by going frame by frame on the overhead view get a grip man like no the, the, seriously Absolutely, Ryan, I think Filipowski was it. No, I'm responding to the people on Twitter to say this was Brendan. Ryan uh, uh, tweeting at us uh, on that. Not a Duke fan, but come on. This is in slow motion. Put it back in full speed and see what you think. He had that many people running at him. He's trying to get off the court and keep people from running him over. I don't mind court storming. Let the other team off the court, though. I 100% think that I could see the argument that the slow-mo of the camera angle paints a picture that doesn't fully reflect reality. It's kind of like instant replay, Andy. Sometimes if you take, if you need to slow it down that much, maybe the ref or the umpire on the field did a good enough job is, is kind of the way that I think a lot of sports fans see it rather than let's have a 15-minute review when it's practically, you know, indecipherable when you go, you know, frame, 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 frame and really slow it down. But I will say this. The moment I sent that tweet from the at KTGR Big Show account yesterday, I go, ooh, I should have put a dash BS behind it to just indicate that was to indicate that it take. was BS. Not, <laughs> that it was no. a BS take. No, no, no. <laughs> to indicate that I was the one who sent it and that it wasn't the opinion of the show at large. And you know what I immediately went to do? Edit my tweet. But we don't pay the Elon bucks on the Big Show account no, it's not like one. I do on my personal account. So that's what I was like. I was went to go edit it, and I was like, oh, crap, I can't. And so then I just logged out and never looked at it again as I, as I took shrapnel, oh, even though it was the show taking shrapnel because I didn't I wasn't specific enough. So that's my fault. Yeah, because people don't know it. who it's from. Well, I it's know. Me I, or you or Chris. <laughs> like, I just wanted to explain it because I absolutely had that thought and go, oh, Brendan, you better edit this. And I like I could literally I could have just deleted it and sent it again because nobody I had just sent it and I noticed. But I thought, meh. What's the worst that You'll can happen? You'll just leave it. Oh, I'll just oh. leave it. 
But I can't believe you don't look at that video and go, Filipowski, take some personal responsibility for oh, being in your space, good. you know? It's kind of tough. Hey, person who stopped at the red light, take some personal responsibility for getting rear-ended by the guy behind you who claims that he didn't see you. What's funny is I once rear-ended somebody, and it I, oh, yeah. it wasn't my fault. It wasn't oh, my fault. Oh, it wasn't your fault. Sure. The mattress flew out of a truck, oh, and so the car goodness. in front of me was stopped sure. on the highway. What was I supposed to do? Sure. They come to a dead stop on the highway. I tried to get out of the way. I really oh, did. Gosh. It's they a don't. KTGR. I was, I was considered no, I liable. Get it. I understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was stupid. How many times should a mattress fly off of a truck and... Make no, the car in front okay, of you stop. Fine. That is that's true. But it was funny when yesterday you used that as an example and I was gonna argue with you about it, but I was like, nah, we don't have time. This is good. Andy was already hot and bothered about the Filipowski stuff. So I just let it go. Oh man. Well, in any case, uh, we will get the thoughts of uh, the injury expert Will Carroll on that coming up next. But also texting your thoughts on the Chiefs. Uh eight seven five K T G R uh they're reportedly looking to uh either tag Legereus Sneed and then find a way to trade him somewhere, or they can work out a long-term deal with him as well uh, once the league year starts in a few weeks. But that news coming from uh, the NFL Combine, which started today over in Indianapolis. Give us your thoughts on the Chiefs at 875-KTGR. But up next, we'll ask the injury expert Will Carroll about his thoughts on court storming and the safety of it all, but also his thoughts on uh, Brandon Crawford officially being signed by the Cardinals today and how he fits in with the rest of the group and about the NFL Combine, which he is at today. Will Carroll joins us next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Back here on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan here. And joining us now on the KTGR hotline from the NFL Combine, which we will uh, get to as well, the injury expert, Will Carroll, uh, joins us. You can find him on Twitter, at Injury Expert. Subscribe to his newsletter, underthenife.substack.com. A great time to subscribe, especially as we are into the thick of spring training now. And, uh, Will, uh, we'll, we'll get to some some baseball and football stuff uh, coming up here soon, but wanted to kind of start with Maybe a different player safety issue that uh, uh, has certainly been discussed over the last few days after the Duke-Wake Forest game on Saturday with the court storming. Kyle Filipowski apparently getting injured. Looks like, thankfully, it's not too serious for him. Uh, but the, the collision he had with, a fan, with several fans as he's trying to get off the floor. I just wonder, your, I guess, your take on uh, this whole situation of... of People saying we should ban court stormings now, or should we still have them because they're fun and they're good photo ops? I wonder what you think about it. Well, I, th- I think there's a couple things here. I mean, first, I always worry that something like this is going to happen. I mean, these uh, with Filipowski, with Caitlin Clark, these have been unintentional. These are you know crazy college kids, happy about the win, storming the court, enjoy and having something unintentionally bad happen. It could have been worse. But I also think about, you know, could it be worse than that? It's not that long ago that Monica Sellis got stabbed on the court. And I've always been kind of surprised nothing like that's ever happened again. Um, because we improved security some, but, you know, obviously with with a court storming, it's out of control. That's the point of it. Um, I think the thing we have to do is control it 
some. I don't want to take away anybody's joy. I don't want to take away the, the student sections, the Cameron crazies and all that. Um, I certainly don't want to take away from the excitement of an upset. But I think you know these are coming. You know, this is not the first time a court has been stormed. This is not the first time, you know, in college football that they come down and get the the goalposts. I don't know what the hell they do with the goalposts after they tear them down, but it happens. Uh, I think what we have to do is take a look at these athletic departments. You know, if you're playing the number one team in the country, you should have a plan. Um, You know, I don't say stop the storming the course. I say just slow it down a couple seconds. Let those players get off the court or at least to a safe position. Um, you know, make it a little bit harder. Don't, don't put up a moat. Don't make it a cage match. But just, hey, we're going to hold you up a few seconds so the players can get off and nothing bad happens. And then go crazy, kids. Uh, it's great. I think this is on the athletic departments. Athletic departments are so behind the times. If you're playing a number one team, if you're playing somebody uh, who's a rival, you know this could happen. And it seems like they're always caught off guard. The fact that we've gotten away with it so far without real negative consequences, if Filipowski had, had, you know, if it was more than just knocking knees. The other thing is, you know, we see over and over the college kids are gambling. Uh, nothing wrong with that uh, as long as it's in control. But, you know, what if one of these college kids says, you know what, I've got to bet against Duke. If I take out that Filipowski kid, they're going down in the tournament. We've seen that. We saw that in the, the college playoffs with Florida State uh, not getting in. You could really affect it. All you have to do is look at the, the crazy story about the streaker bet that the guy bet $5,000 that there would be a streaker at the uh, Super Bowl, and then he streaked. He wins $350,000. I'll take that $3,000 fine and a day in jail if I can make it win. Uh, the same sort of thing could happen, and it could be very, very dark, and I don't want that to happen. I don't want to take away from the joy, but uh, let's just at least put these million-dollar athletic departments on the hook for a little bit of security and control. That's a very good point, uh, for sure. Will Carroll, the injury expert, with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So hopefully athletic departments out there, they are a little more uh, uh, proactive about those plans and making sure that that's the case that everybody's safe. Uh, let's turn to some uh, some baseball. The Cardinals made official this afternoon the signing of Brandon Crawford, the longtime giant. He uh, joins uh, the Cardinals uh, in camp today, and it really it seems like uh, a move to just have some depth behind Mason Wynn at shortstop because uh, and certainly that the fact that you pull the trigger now on this certainly lends to the belief that maybe the Cardinals are a little worried about who might be behind Mason Wynn, uh, especially with Tommy Edmonds still dealing with injury and other things like that. I wonder how you see that signing will and how it could affect things going forward. Yeah, I think it's Edmund that really kind of uh, pushed this. You know, Brandon Crawford, it's a little weird to think of him outside the black and orange. Uh, seeing him in a Cardinals uniform, it's just going to be strange. Uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, I'm not one of these people that thinks, you know, one uniform is romantic and helps somebody's case. Yeah, Brandon Crawford is, he's got a couple rings. He's hes had some good seasons. He's not a good player right now. You know, the last couple of seasons, he's been pretty washed. So he's a depth player at best. Uh, it shows a little bit that they don't think Edmund's going to be ready. I don't think Crawford's going to be there in June or July. Maybe he has 
he finds something. Maybe he clicks with this team. Uh, maybe he can be an asset. I certainly hope so. Uh, but I think this is about the fact that Edmund's not going to be there. You've got a young kid. You think back to what happened last year uh, with Jordan Walker. Uh, you know, that it didn't quite pan out. There was too much pressure. That team was a mess last year. Let's hope that doesn't happen this year. Uh, but you know, having a rookie with no depth behind him, that doesn't help. Uh, so having Crawford, a guy who's still a, a pretty solid defensive shortstop should be able to help what should be a, a very ground ball heavy uh, rotation as well. Yeah, we'll certainly see, and uh, we'll see if Crawford's able to help out a little bit uh, in that department uh, behind Mason Wynn as the Cardinals continue to uh, to get him acclimated with his new team. Uh, Shohei Otani made his spring debut today for the Dodgers. We had kind of highly anticipated that, of course, with him uh, coming off his procedure and now with his new team, of course, uh, in L.A. But uh, I wonder now, uh, as as they manage him throughout this spring, what, uh, what we might maybe expect for a guy like like him, uh, star status, of course, but also it, making sure that he comes back in the same way from what, what he went through this offseason. Yeah, I don't think there's any problems. You know, he's shown in batting practice. He's taking line batting practice. He's uh, I'm told hitting a lot off the off the cages. They've got those crazy traject machines down there, which are basically pitching replication robots, uh, and it's, it, they're actually causing some problems because guys are taking so many swings that you know we're seeing guys. Uh, strain obliques and have sore wrists and uh, they're just taking too many swings. You, you wouldn't think that's a bad thing, but sometimes it is. Uh, Otani is ready to hit. There was very little question from the time he had the surgery that he'd be ready to go on opening day. Uh, here we are a month ahead of it. Well, I mean, not for the Dodgers with that weird Korea series. I think that's good for baseball. It's definitely good for him. And we're going to have yeah, with him and Yamamoto, maybe a whole generation of Japanese and Korean Dodger fans, uh, which is pretty darn good for the Dodgers, if not the whole of baseball. So uh, seeing Otani out there is not a surprise. I hope everything goes well with it, and I expect him to look like Shohei Otani hitter version. Will Carroll, the injury expert, with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Let's turn a little bit to football. The NFL Combine's right in your backyard again, Will, in Indianapolis. Yeah. You've gotten a chance to take in a little bit of the first day. And it's, you know, an event that maybe is. I don't know if lost its luster is the right term over the last few years or so, but it's more yeah. about maybe trying to figure out what the teams are, are wanting to do this off season, maybe a little bit more than the actual players trying to develop and show their skills. But uh, I wonder how much do you still, uh, do they still maybe pay attention to how much, what metrics these guys are putting out there, what times, what speeds, everything like that, especially with several Mizzou players taking part in the proceedings in, in, Indianapolis this week. Yeah, it's still a big deal. There's a reason they put this thing on, and, and it's to see some of those guys. They want to confirm what they've seen from the tape, from what they've seen at the the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. Uh, you know, playoff players, guys who haven't played against big competition. Uh, they want to see how they 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 deal with things. They want to do the in person interviews. They want to watch them uh, do things under pressure. Uh, you know, sometimes it's the drills rather than the, the sexy 40 times uh, that, are, that are a bigger deal. Um, but we'll see how it goes. They want to see how they deal with the media. If you're drafting a quarterback who's going to be the face of the franchise, he's got to be able to answer questions. He's got to be prepared. He's got to deal with interviews. He's got to deal with things that are unexpected. 
So, yeah, it's still a big deal. I don't think it's lost its luster. I just think the NFL has saturated us so much with football that we just don't get a break. You know, from the time the college football season starts, draft season starts. Uh, I love guys like Mel Kiper and Matt Miller, but, oh, my God, you know, we don't need a mock draft uh, every 10 seconds because it's going to change. There's going to be things we don't know. Um, you know, teams, we think we know what they need, but they might have different views. Uh, somebody might fall. Somebody might rise. There might be somebody they fall in love with. There might be, uh, you know, the next Mike Mamula or John Ross who puts up some crazy combine number and gets drafted way too high uh, and ends up a bust. So we'll have to see how this goes. But it is still important, and the teams do take it very, very seriously. Well, Carol, the injury expert here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. Uh, I know this week also, uh, who was a, a longtime uh, beat writer and columnist and, and just an overall media person around the game of football for, for such a long time, Peter King. I know you have a, a personal connection with him. Just your yeah. thoughts on, on his retirement uh, that he announced earlier this week. Yeah, they, they say never meet your heroes, and that doesn't work for me because my two heroes have always been Peter King and Peter Gammons. And those two are, are some of the best people I've ever met, let alone writers. Uh, Peter King literally uh, here in Indianapolis a couple of years ago, sat down with me and basically talked me into sticking this out. Uh, I, I was going through a rough patch. I'd had a story come out and gotten attacked. I actually got banned from Wrigley field over it. And a guy who didn't need to, a guy who was a giant in his field already, uh, took an hour of time over uh, three cups of coffee and basically rebuilt me, uh, rebuilt my confidence. Uh, and he's been a great friend, a, a great writer for years and years. So I'm hoping uh, he takes his retirement, his last uh, football morning in America, or MMQB, as I still think of it. Uh, and and uh, I hope everybody appreciates what he does, because for all the people he's written about, for all the people he's voted into Canton, I hope he's next. Yeah, certainly a giant uh, in the game and in the media industry for, for as long as he was in it. Uh, Peter King announcing his retirement earlier this uh, this week. Will, what is new at Under the Knife these days? Tons of stuff. I mean, there's so much coming up this week. Obviously, there's tons of injuries. Uh, there's injuries to Julio Rodriguez, who's a huge star, and Kodai Senga, who's the Mets ace. Um, and and you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes as well. And something I've got coming up Friday, uh, if, if you're a parent, if you're a pitcher yourself, uh, this is something you're going to want to see because uh, a group of industry giants uh, are looking to change a, a major part of the game. And, and I'll have that experience exclusively on Friday. Yep, so go and check that out. Always a great insight to have, especially as we get closer and closer to uh, the regular season of Major League Baseball. So Will Carroll, the injury expert, go find his stuff at underthenife.substack.com. Follow him on Twitter at InjuryExpert as well. Great to have him here on the big show. Thanks, Will, for coming on as always. Hope all is well. Enjoy the Combine this week. We'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Big show is on at 440, KTGR and KTGR.com. Yeah, I'm glad that Peter King gave Will Carroll that uh, that pep talk, so that uh, you know, Will Carroll can write the things that he wrote and got the the confidence back. It's great. It's a great story. Absolutely, I do think though, and this was a funny thing that I saw online as well. I don't think that Super Bowl streaker thing happened. I think that was another really? one of those little. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the pictures, like you can go tweet like, "Oh, Super Bowl streaker." Yes, there was a streaker, 
No, the guy did not win $375,000. A lot of the pictures even being circulated of this year's streaker, I don't know what he looks like. The ones I'm seeing are from weren't 2021. There weren't there two guys? I thought there were two. I, again, if I were to, to just type it in on Twitter, you'd think it would come up. What comes up is pictures from something that happened in 2021, and, you know, just this is made is fake news, basically. Well, so. either way... You can affect the game in a way that that yeah, part is right. Yeah. It's just I, it, they have limits on those sorts of things too. Like you might be able to do it at an offshore book. I don't even know if you could bet legitimately on a U.S. book about a streaker because obviously, right? You certainly have the ability to impact that one. But nevertheless, um, you know, I, I I agree with his take about just kind of waiting a little bit, see if you can kind of set a a quick beat to allow player safety to happen and then storm the court go nuts. I think that's really what uh what what you guys were driving at. That's and, and athletic departments I think have to have plans for that the same way they have plans for when uh and I think Scott Van Pelt was talking about this. Whenever you know your your game's going to be well attended. Yeah. You have an extra plan for parking, you have an extra plan for ticket taking, you have an extra plan for the concessions to Everything else, this has to be part of your extra Add plan. It to the right. list, yes. 100%. That needs to be part of it. Uh, 875-KTGR, you can call or text us. Under the bus is next. Adam Silver needs to wisen up and not fine this NBA coach that called out the officials in his game the other night. That's next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Monty Williams was very reasonably ticked off after the Pistons-Knicks game last night. If you saw the end of it, it was insane. Asar Thompson for uh, for the Pistons grabs a loose ball with like 10 seconds left. Dante DiVincenzo for the Knicks literally form tackles him. <laughs> doesn't get called for a foul. The ball goes the next way. They get a game-winning basket with like a second left. And Monty Williams can't believe it. And he goes on this epic minute-long rant. He only was at his press conference for a minute just to rant on this one call. <laughs> and then he was out. And rightfully so. And then he was out. Yeah. Uh, called it the worst call all year. Okay. And I kind of agree with him. Yeah. Because uh, Steven Chenzo tackles him and gets well, away with it. DiVincenzo plays hard, but you know, they're going to find him for sure because you can't, even when the refs are wrong, the precedent kind of feels like you still can't say. The ref admitted after the game that he was wrong. So what do you, has the NBA announced to find? No, they, I don't know waiting? if they have or not, but here's the thing. They should not find Monty Well, Williams. I agree with you on They shouldn't. Like, but like, historically speaking, sense. what do they do in these, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, but if you want to solve this issue, if you don't want to keep finding coaches for calling out their bad officials, yeah. well, then when look at the bad, actual problem, NBA, right? Yeah. No, I think you're right. And it's like enough to not punish the officials, but don't then also punish the coaches when the officials admit they were wrong. Yes. Like, if you're not going to punish the officials, okay, like, we get it. There's a union and stuff. But, like, to also then turn around and find the coaches for pointing out something correctly not what you want to see, but we'll kind of have to see what, what the NBA does here. I still think he could be yeah. could be fine. Well, he could be, and that would be their their usual protocol. But, I don't know, Adam Silver has to step in here on this one. This is a, Under the bus. This is a very clear case of official getting it wrong, admitting they got it wrong, and then the 
coach just saying, yeah, you did get it wrong afterwards. Uh, right. Everyone knows what happened here. Under the bus to LeBron James. Why is he complaining about his son, Bronny James, getting media <laughs> attention? And by media attention, we mean just getting mentioned in a 2025 mock draft. I believe the person who put out this mock draft is basically saying that Bronny James is not going to come out from college this year at USC for the 24 draft. He's going to okay. stay in school, and and so he listed him in the 25. Right. And LeBron James, I think, tweeted and then deleted, hey, just let this kid live his life in college, you know? Like, <laughs> well, let, we can't let these media people decide this and that. Let him just develop. And all. LeBron? You kind of created this, yes. if we're being honest. A hundred percent. All trying to find the guy who did this, right? That meme. <laughs> His name is LeBron James. <laughs> His name's LeBron James, and he's wearing the banana suit. Come on, man. Under the bus. <laughs> Great reference. I mean, I think Shannon Sharp today is, like, warning LeBron James, don't turn into LeVar Ball on this. Like, oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Can't you can kind of see that angle, and again, like, Bronny James, if he's anybody else, is a four-year player at USC that develops. And so, like, to, to suggest he'd be a more of a, a 25, 2025 mock draft candidate probably makes sense, right? But right. there are a lot of other factors at play because if an NBA team is like, maybe I could get LeBron, they might draft this, you know, bench player six-man on USC as a first-rounder because they think maybe they'll get to sign LeBron as a result. Like, yeah. it's... There, I get it, LeBron. You just want your your son to be able to do his thing, but there are other powers at play here that I, LeBron is not naive to, right? He's trying to be a parent, and that that comes first. And I understand that, but I think he, he's not naive to the realities of why people talk about his son's status. It's not yeah. because his son's ready for the NBA. It's be, it's because LeBron. That's the whole thing. All right, I got a rant about a swimming controversy. I'll that let just you. happened over the weekend. I'll let you do it. ACC Swimming Championships. NC State's Owen Lloyd wins the uh, the 1650 freestyle. That's the, that's a long-distance race. That's like 50 laps of the pool. So you got to have endurance. Owen Lloyd wins going away. And his teammate right in the lane right next to him, Ross Dant, I believe is his name, finishes a couple seconds behind him. And those two have a moment. They're celebrating, and Owen Lloyd goes into Dance Lane in the pool to celebrate with him. Well, while that was happening, there were still other swimmers who hadn't finished their race yet. And so the ACC officials here DQ'd the winner, Owen Lloyd. They disqualified him. After the race? For... For going into another swimmer's lane. Oh, my god. But goodness. all he was doing is celebrating with his teammate that had already finished. And then right. everybody around them in the lanes outside were still finishing their race. Like, right. I know why it's a rule. Like, you can't be in another swimmer's lane. I get it. Right. But, man, we got to have common sense on this, too. Like, the kid just was trying to have... A nice moment with his teammate where they finished first and second, and his teammate right after, like, they literally announced the the disqualification on the loudspeaker in, in the arena, like, as he was about to be interviewed by the TV crew, and then Owen Lloyd all of a sudden has to be shepherded away, and then his teammate, Dance, gets interviewed, and, and 
this guy blasted the officials with it. He's like, yeah, like I should not be winning this. Oh, and should have won this thing. I'm going to give my medal to him. And that was a nice moment for, for that teammate to stand up for his own teammate there. But the real tough part about this, too, is that you qualify for the NCAA championships through this event. And so now Owen Lloyd, he's not qualified for the NCAAs, even though he very clearly was the best swimmer in this event from the ACC. And now he can't compete in the national. Like, come on. Someone's got to step in and correct this. Like, this yeah, is very, I agree. very bad. Yeah, I'm, it sounds like a story I wasn't familiar with, but you, you laid it out pretty well. Fix it. It's a simple fix. Right, yeah. Realize you all made a mistake. Under the bus. Like, they're trying to celebrate. And look, I get it. I know why the rule is there. It, I'm not saying take away the rule, but let's try and find some sort of leeway here for kids that are just trying to enjoy the moment. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on the big show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Any time of year is a good time to get delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia. Anniversary, birthday, any day. Find them online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Wouldn't you know it, Shohei Otani hit a home run in his debut for the Dodgers in spring training today. And uh, Opposite field opposite home run. field homer. Uh, we were talking with Will Carroll before that happened. We recorded with him earlier, so we didn't get a chance to really react to it when we talked to him last segment. But, um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way, right? The homer in spring training in the first The second. Cardinals play Shohei Otani the first game of the season. Um, Sonny Gray will be the pitcher, by the way. We finally got that officially announced okay. by Ollie Marmol yeah. today. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a tall task. I think they'll probably go bets. Otani Freeman one two three in the lineup. Um, Sonny Gray has it in him, man, but that's not gonna. That's gonna be a gauntlet. That was to start with. I'll tell you yeah. what. You know, I think it was Freeman who went ahead of him today. So I don't, I don't know. It's not I what could, I had heard. Well, I saw Freeman, or maybe Freeman was at. All I know is that Freeman was the first guy to high five Otani right after he, he was rounded probably the bases. on so deck. He was on yeah. deck, or he had just scored it, because there was, was somebody on, on second. He was on deck. Okay, all right. It was Betts, Otani, Freeman. Well, we'll see how it uh, all goes uh, goes down. Also, by the way, top five at five coming up. I've got an addendum to the Otani home run that you won't want to miss. A few minutes away. Don't turn that dial. Top five at five coming up next, and then we'll talk. Some Cardinals, they made the Crawford signing official. We'll talk about the whole infield as we feel about that depth and a chance to win some Como Man Show tickets at 520 here on the big show.